Welcome to Primal Learning. Are you a parent who struggles to motivate your child? Are you a teacher who would like some tips on how to manage student behaviour? Are you a school leader trying to determine the best way to support your staff? If you've answered yes to any of these questions, then you've come to the right place. Hi, I'm Damien Barry, and this is a podcast that explores four broad areas which I believe are important, or at least of interest to many people, and these are learning, schools, education, and teaching. In this podcast, my goal is to debunk myths, provide helpful advice, explore the difficult topics, critique the burning issues and debate the latest trends. I will look at what works, what doesn't, what annoys and what confounds for parents, students, teachers and those who'd simply like to understand a bit more about the world of learning and schooling in general. So let's get into it. Well hello folks and welcome to another episode of Primal Learning. I'm really passionate about the teaching profession. Uh, I've been teaching for about 25 years or so now, and I think it's especially important, now more so than ever, that we encourage good people to become teachers. I think we also need to support our teachers, uh, early career teachers, a little bit better because in an earlier episode of Primal Learning, I spoke about the huge dropout rate of early career teachers, which is about 40 or 50% globally. And I think it's also really important that we train and equip our, our our teachers of all areas or all stages of their career better so that we prepare them better for the classroom so with that being said uh, i thought it would be really handy to interview someone who's in the relatively early stages of their career and i'm lucky enough to be able to work currently with a, a wonderful teacher uh, her name is emma langdon uh, and I've got Emma with me today, and I'm going to ask Emma a few questions about why she became a teacher and you know, her experiences with university and did it prepare her well enough for, for the teacher profession. Uh, and it's called 10 Questions with Emma. I promised her I'd only ask her 10 questions. These questions may splinter a little bit, uh, but there's 10 broad questions I'm going to ask her about all things to do with her experiences with uh, being an early career teacher. So, Emma, welcome to Primal Learning. My first question for you, Emma, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, Damien. Thank you for having me here today. Um, So I'm 27 years old. I'm in my fifth year of teaching. I am from Brisbane, but I've taught in Brisbane and in Harvey Bay. Uh, Harvey Bay was only for a year. Oh, my teaching areas are, um, well, from uni, it was English, visual art and theology. But being out of uni, I've taught business. I've taught drama, food tech, uh, now hospitality humanities so I've taught actually quite a lot yeah since being out of uni so that tells a story in itself doesn't it doesn't it because you know you've you probably entered university thinking oh I want to teach one or two areas maybe three areas tops you trained for that at university and in your first five years of teaching you've taught about 45 different subject areas (laughs) So, so so I mean which which means that you know you you develop a whole range of different skill sets that you probably certainly wouldn't have learned at university, but you've probably developed in a whole range of different areas that you probably wouldn't have thought you would have. I, I guess but, you know teaching such a broad uh, range of subject areas. So thank you, that was good. Okay, question one done. Okay. Great. <laughs> Why did you decide to become a teacher? You know, when you're sitting in in whatever school you went to in grades 10, 11, and 12, and you're thinking, oh, crikey, what am I going to do with my life? And there's a few different career paths or professions that sort of cross over your mind. Um, what was that decision? Or what was behind you choosing teaching? Um, it's a really interesting question because 
I know I guess when I was young I dreamed of doing something like graphic design things like that but then as I trialed it and did those things I realized it really wasn't for me it wasn't as exciting as it seemed um but I actually was quite I guess young when I realized that I would like to teach I um you know really enjoyed educating and um, I babysat a lot and you know students and young people seemed to like me and I just felt like I don't know it sort of picked me in a way that just seemed right and everyone even said oh yeah you'd be a great teacher even though they couldn't understand why I'd want to be a teacher um yeah they always said yeah you'd, you'd be a good teacher and I guess that early thought just carried on even when I was young you know playing teachers as kids do and enjoyed it and yeah so I think it's just always been the path no one in my family is a teacher either so usually a lot of people carry on the line of what their parents do but yeah I actually didn't it was sort of something that I wanted to do and yeah I've just carried it through so yeah. So I was pretty lucky in that way. Didn't have a lot of yeah. obstacles. I think I've always been a bit older for my age as well in that regards. So that yeah. everyone was questioning. I don't know what I'm going to do. Whereas I did sort of have an idea and yeah, yeah went with that and it seemed to work for me. Yeah. 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 So- I liked how you said teaching sort of picked me. I thought that was that's really nice, you know, because I get the sense that you know, when you're in grade 10, 11 and 12, you were probably, you had a fairly good understanding of your own personality type, you know, even subconsciously, I get that impression. Just the thought that you saw, just the fact that you said teaching sort of picked me. I think, I think you're, you're a very good teacher because you care, you're empathic, you have the best interests of the kids at heart, you plan exceptionally well, you think about all the different types of learners in your classroom as well. Um, so I think you've got a national affinity for kids, first of all, but then teaching, secondly. So, um, yeah, good on you. Now, what other professions had you considered? I think you sort of answered it a little bit, but were there any things, even when you were going through university, you think, hmm, is this for me? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you always I think you always do question it. But I think that, yeah, um, not really knowing what potentially else I wanted to do was always a big question. It's hard one to go back to now. Even now, I sometimes think, what if I, you know, if I wasn't a teacher, what would I do? Mm. I thought, you know, even like tutoring or running my own tutoring business or doing something in the education realm that isn't teaching, even if that be personal development or something like that. So still in sort of doing the education, but not actually so much as, yeah, standing in front of the classroom teaching in that manner. So yeah, that's always been. Yeah. A potential and you know you always want to expand yourself as well as a yeah. as a person yeah. think you know what can I do next or what could I do to add to my life and my career but it wasn't like oh I want to be a dentist oh I want to be a lawyer oh I want to no. be an engineer yeah it wasn't anything no. like that was it no not at all actually um, when I was younger I did do uh, a stump program so that was in Sydney so it's just a like a short-term ur- urban mission project that's what it's just short for and uh, yeah, and when I was there, I saw a lot of counsellors, a lot of people helping uh, homeless or just people in need in society, and the sort yeah people working with young people and that. So I think down that line, that was I guess something that I always thought about as well, like just how could I be in a place in society where I actually help in the greater community. So that I guess that one was a bit of an idea for a while too, but then I thought I don't know if I could see students, you know, young people suffering every day and be able to handle that so you know I mean you do see that to some extent as a teacher but not to the extent that you see you know these poor homeless people who young kids who don't have food or living on the street all those things which is yeah quite confronting so yeah I think all of those things again led to just yeah picking something that was right for me in that situation 
yeah, but that's I don't know, still an idea anyway. <laughs> I get the sense that a little bit like myself, you you gravitated towards teaching in in many respects because you can almost see an immediate impact that you can have on someone else's life for the better. That's the sort of sense I get just from your experiences and what you're talking about, about the the outreach work you were doing um, when you were going through university. So, yeah, that's cool. That's wonderful. Now, here we go. What do you wish university had prepared you better for? Yeah, for the classrooms in, the, in that sense. Well, there's lots of things that uni did not prepare, prepare me for. So it's a really tough one to answer. I think the biggest thing was that university really pushes you to have amazing lesson plans and planning and planning and, you know, curriculum, which I never, you know, ever take back. It was still all good learning. But they don't teach you a lot about behaviour management or things in the classroom or even how to interact with staff or students you know they are a lot they are heavily student focused but your you know your fellow colleagues are the most important people for you to work with they're the people that will support you that you can rely on and I think it's really important that they tell you to foster those relationships very early on even as a prac student to you know start to get to know your mentors and utilize them throughout life so yeah I think that that for that for me that was a big thing they also teach high school teachers a lot about primary as well which isn't a bad thing but when it's a lot mainly primary focused they're giving you strategies that aren't necessarily relevant in a high school setting you know high school students will think that you are belittling them or treating them as if they're children when they don't want to be treated that way even though some of them behave that way (laughs) so yeah it's um yeah there are so many things and it's just trying to go back there and even at the time when you'd go off to prac and you go oh well what is uni even teaching us because It's, un- it's unrealistic. Yeah. You know, they'll teach you to do, you know, spend hours doing one lesson plan when in reality, yeah. you don't have the time to do that. <laughs> you, and also, you trust yourself. You know what you're going to be doing next. You know what it should look like. You know where it leads. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you start to get to know all your students. You start to get to know what each one individually yes. will do and, yes. and, you, and you start to cater to them. So yeah. I guess, yeah, that comes with learning. I guess it's the early steps, but yeah. they could, I think, expand more on well, what will this lead to as well and yeah. how will this look. And what's the reality for a teacher in the classroom, which yeah. is not writing thousands of lesson plans that are yeah. detailed. We don't have the time. You know what, your answer there, Amber, not once did you talk about the importance of learning content, which I thought was lovely. You know, I, I, I think that's wonderful because... I think it's about the relationships that you have with your colleagues and the relationships that you forge and foster with your kids. And you spoke a lot about understanding your kids, knowing your kids, understanding what makes them tick and, you know, I guess developing a lesson around their needs, you know, which is, it really gets to the essence of what good teaching is. So good answer. That's really nice. And it was interesting you were talking about how universities don't necessarily prepare you for that because it's sort of stuff you really can only learn on the job sometimes you know so you know the staff room dynamics for instance or managing a classroom of 28 to 30 teenage boys for instance you know it's tough going at times isn't it? it's pretty brutal and you do that five lessons a day day after day uh yeah i don't think university probably can prepare you for that you know you can only sort of learn it on the job you know so so yeah no nice answer what was the biggest thing that you learned in your first year um, in my first year of teaching, what I really learnt, I guess the top, like a most important lesson was that um, having uh, rules that you stick to with your students, be that as simple as I found just having 
year sevens line up outside a door before they came in to come into class and doing it every day and teaching that routine and having those routines was so important to actually have a really calm class that's ready to learn without those things especially in the younger years of high school they it it can just actually absolutely change the dynamic of the classroom and I don't think you understand that so much um, as a prac student or at university because you know those when you go into a classroom a teacher's already established all of those rules and they students probably have known that teacher in front of you for years as well so they already know their expectations but when you step in as someone new you have to make those very clear and they say don't smile until April which I really don't like as I always like to have jokes with with students and um you know I like to get to know them but I also do think it's really important that you just go that they know that there's boundaries that they cannot cross with you and but that you still want them to be students that come to you and I had that with the year sevens they were the toughest one of the toughest classes I've ever taught since and that was my first year teaching and but they were also the most caring the kindest kids and they just they just needed someone to give them boundaries and to tell them what was what so I think as long as you just know what you want to teach as as a teacher, know what routines you want, what you want your expectations to be. Also, don't really have other people influence you in that way. If you know that you want them to do those specific things, well, then do what's right for you as a teacher. Everyone teaches differently. Everyone has their you know, own personal touch and you've got to find your feet. So listen to listen to things that people are telling you, but you don't always have to do everything that they're telling you to do. Do what feels comfortable for you what's right in your situation so I think that was a big one (laughs) nice I think that's wonderful a couple of things I picked out of that response there Emma was around the importance of routine absolutely and structure and it it gives you a fallback position you know with your kids when things do start to go a little bit astray it gives you a fallback you can fall back to their routine which is great and kids need consistency which is really good Uh, I like what you said about finding your own style as well I think that's really important you know because your first year of teaching just trying to find what works for you and I haven't heard that little phrase don't smile until Easter for about 20 years in the late 1990s someone said that to me when I was just starting out as well and yeah and it, it did, I thought oh that's interesting interesting sort of way to look at it and it didn't work for me either and uh, I couldn't do it either I, I sort of yeah because I think it's important you build relationships with kids early you know what I mean so what's the point of not smiling until Easter it's just it's just garbage you know so I liked it you threw that one out the window too so yeah good on you uh, and you had the courage to do it, which is even better. So that's wonderful. Um, number six, how can we keep young teachers in the profession? Uh, okay, I think the best way to keep te- keep young teachers in the profession is to have experienced teachers support. I think that that's been the best thing for me. Without experienced teachers supporting me along the way, I wouldn't I wouldn't still be in the profession. I wouldn't still be continuing on because yeah. you do experience in tough times. And I know for myself, uh, probably third year in, I was really thinking, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. And I stuck it out, had people in my outside world supporting me saying, no, we really believe teaching is for you. You love teaching, just stick with it. And I had, you know, all of my mentors and all of those older teachers around me supporting me. And without that, I really don't think that I would have stayed in. I would have felt like, no, I cannot do this anymore. Yeah. I don't know what it is about that point in time I think it's just the pressure of teaching is something that I don't think you experience in any other business world um, yeah. you know because you're not just having the pressure of can I do my job correctly you're having well yeah you might be doing your job well but 
somebody might not think that or a student doesn't like you or whatever it is and it can put a lot on you as a person emotionally as well and I think that even separating yourself from a situation and saying you know looking at the person that you're helping and saying okay I know I'm here for them it's not about me it's about them so what can I do for them so yeah, I think those things have actually helped me stay in the in the profession but yeah, definitely utilize those friendships. Do not be afraid to tell people you're struggling or to get people to help you. Don't do not do it alone. I don't think we can do anything in life alone, but especially teaching. I think that's something we really need each other for. And, you know, some days you probably feel like you're whinging, but I know I certainly have, but you've just got to do what's right for you. Sometimes you have to vent. And, and I think also having, yeah, those just staff who are older, who I've been able to go to and feel comfortable with. And having... Yeah, people who are you know, not just your head of departments, but, you know, your deputies and things like that, who are approachable, who you feel like you can sit down with and chat to. That's really important as well because, you know, you don't want to be afraid of them because they can give you some really great feedback as well and they can support you more than anyone. So I think all of those people together can really keep young teachers in the profession for longer and to, and tell them that they can do it, encouraging them that this is for them and that, you know, they can definitely work towards it. I like when you were talking about, you know, the I, the struggles in the classroom sometimes. You know, like what I've found with teaching over the years is that on any one particular day you can have these wonderful highs <laughs> and then just bone-crushing lows, you know, like in, in the space of one day. And you can have it the next day and the next day. You know, so just in terms of how well a lesson goes or an interaction with a kid or even a colleague, so... Uh, it, it, it's a it's unique little role that we have, isn't it, I think, in the classroom. Um, you know, the fact is, is that it's such an emotional job as well because you are dealing with people and you're dealing with a lot of people and you have to interact and you've got to make decisions for young people so much. So that is really draining. So that's why you can have those highs and lows because you're always on. You never When you're working, you're on 100%. And if you're not, then, you know, things fall apart. So, yeah, that's another struggle, I think, that because of those emotions, yeah. And if that care factor goes down, the kids pick up on it and sometimes they play up even more because they know that you don't care, you know. So if you do have the care factor like you clearly do, then it puts you in a really good position, you know, with your your lesson design and the work that you do with the kids. My next question was, you sort of answered a little bit. My next question was, did you have any mentors in your first year or two? You, you did answer that in the first, in the previous question, but I just want to drill a little bit deeper into this particular one in terms of what was it about, you know, just think about one particular mentor. What was it about that person that made them really helpful? You know, what, what were little gems of knowledge that they gave you? Did they, you know, I get the sense that they probably they didn't necessarily tell you how to design a lesson, but they were sometimes just a bit of a sounding board. You want to just talk that through just a little bit? Yeah. Um, so for my first year, it's really hard to pinpoint one mentor because the school I was at in Harvey Bay, they I actually had the deputy principal. Um, I had quite a few other teachers who actually mentored me. And um, the deputy principal, what he did is he did a um, early years teacher meeting so that was I think about four of us there who were early careers teachers and he'd do a meeting with us once a week and then he'd if you're comfortable he dropped that down to two times a week until he felt like you know uh, you didn't need that help anymore and I felt that great because in having that he was he was an ally for me so when I was having issues with my year 11 students who were really naughty I'd just go sit down have a chat to him 
and he and I would go, all right, well, what can we do? And we'd figure out a strategy around that, even if that was then, you know, the other deputies in the school walking past my classroom, just as so that the year 11s knew that they were a presence and um, or, you know, coming into my classroom and checking on their laptops and things like that was surprisingly great like they're just that support because I think they knew that that you know that young teachers especially at that school needed the support there yeah just having being able to sit down and go all right what can we do and what can we do to support you so that you stay here or that you're happy and yeah uh, behavior management strategies was a really good one um, another one was a um, full-time relief teacher there her name's Mayna and she was absolutely amazing she's this small woman <laughs> like tiny um she was she'd go to the shops and um students would actually find her kids clothes to because she was so tiny but she was a powerhouse she wore heels every day because she said she needed to be tall even though she wasn't with heels but she all of the students knew exactly where to stand with her and they knew her expectations in every class and she was just the most helpful person I've ever seen she would run around do anything for anyone was always on her feet and just watching that and having her she sat across from me and having her she would check up on me every single day and in 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 her doing that anytime there was the slightest thing she would go all right this is what we can do this is how I'm going to help you you know this is what you need to do and just being able to sit down and work all those things out was so important in you know, being my first year and having those people, it was amazing. And um, ever since I've found those mentors in other, you know, in other areas, I think they, but just having that really close support really early on was amazing. Or if I walked out of a classroom and this wasn't, those men have walked out of a classroom, another teacher saw me and I just looked down, like I had the roughest lesson and I just looked beaten as you do as a first year teacher sometimes. I, the teachers would come over and be like, Emma, what is wrong? Can, how can we help you? All right this is not happening anymore. And they would give me their personal number on, on this lesson, I don't have a class. So you need to send that student to me and they're gonna write a reflection for me and I'm gonna, you know, I'll help you. And yeah, it was just, I think that that just showing me how that can, all of that together, all those mentors together, all those people willing to help and step up really made such a great difference as well. And yeah, I think that though, that was, and now I've, and I've looked for that. So if I haven't, if it hasn't come across now so easily as it did at that school, I'll just look for the, I'll just look for those mentors now. I'll look for those people who are willing to help and willing to give that impact. And then I also give back if I see someone struggling or someone new or just someone who needs help. I will now be that person for them as well because I know that we need that as teachers. And yeah, and also it's just it's it's nice to help someone. And and I know we all need to really feel supported. Yeah, I don't even know if I answered your question. I think I went off on a tangent. I think that was wonderful. (laughs) Just the power of the mentor and the power of the role model. Mm. Uh, I loved your stories there because you gave stories that really, really important to you, really meant something to you. Just through those stories and those little anecdotes and those reflections were just brilliant. So it just rammed home to me the importance of having older, experienced teachers in staff rooms across the country you know um and that's what gets people over the line on on some days or even just in terms of their whole career really so what advice would you give to a university graduate today so first of all if say you're in your fourth year or third year depending on which degree you're doing and getting ready to look for work i'd say start early on referencing get your mentors and those people that you've had on prac with you get them to 
put them down uh start logging your experience early i found that that was really difficult to do after the fact so definitely get on early for career searching um just to help relieve that stress later down the track as well um on top of that i would say yeah keep keep in contact with your uh mentors from prac if you had good ones or um and your and your university friends are really important because i still have friends from uni who i keep in contact with and you know they're all doing they're in different places doing different things but it's really important because they're still teaching and they can give me some great advice that or resources and things that no one else that i know have so supporting one another is really important um sorry if i go back to uni i was just trying to think what else other advice i think those are the really important ones first of all what about if a, you know you've got a university graduate picked up a job somewhere oh, okay. uh and uh they're thinking, okay, what will my first lesson or my first day look like? Probably very nerve-wracking, first of all. <laughs> Just go in, and I think that this is something that I, f- I felt early on and one of my early on PAC mentors said is that you are the teacher. No matter how early on you are, no matter if you're a practice student, no matter if you're coming out of uni, you're the teacher, have that mantra in your mind. When you step up, whatever expectations you've developed at other schools, you'd say, you know, if it be that line-up, line-up. Students all know what line-up means, they all do it differently and they'll probably do it terribly for your first lesson. <laughs> but give it a go anyway and then start to start to do those things with them. I mean, that if you want them to line up, but as I said, I recommend that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then I guess which I would just say the students will be so curious about who you are, so curious. And it's, it's give and take. Like you do not need to tell them everything about yourself, but sometimes you need to tell them little things so that they can get a greater picture of who you are. And it'll be picking and choosing those things but get to know your students i would say first couple of weeks in don't worry so much about the plan don't worry so much about the content don't worry so much about what other people are doing who've been there for a long time and you know or if those couple of lessons you missed something come back to that later focus on a lesson or a couple of lessons get to know your students get them to know you and get to know them and do things that make them excited to see you yeah smile don't don't make it seem like you don't have you know you can have a sense of humor as long as it's important but i would just say yeah that's the top thing get to know them get to know your get to know fellow staff members start creating those relationships in the school and get people to know who you are as a person too i know that if you're shy it'd be a, bit, be a little bit harder but find someone you're comfortable with and get them to give your hand and definitely and also rely on your teacher aides <laughs> I would I know that my first year in I felt like for, to begin with my teacher aides because they do a lot of uh, logging yeah. so I felt like oh they're sitting at the back of the room reporting on me like because you because you're used to that in a yeah, practice situation you're used yeah. to someone you know judging yeah. you and but your teacher aides are not doing that no. they're they're supporting you they're writing down their notes about what they how they've helped a student yeah. um but utilize them they'll be the person who probably knows the students really well they'll be the person who can you know if you need a job or you've forgotten something you're about to have a meltdown they'll be the person who can run off and grab something for you or just yeah. help calm you so make friends with your teacher aides and also throughout the way make sure that you are good to them and you support them because as I've said for especially my first year in if it wasn't for the teacher aides in the room with me like I would not have survived as well so I haven't mentioned them but I should have because they were amazing so yeah utilize those people in who you have easy access to and other staff as well or another little one if you've got a really naughty student get um, send notes if you've got a friend in another class just go oh I need you to send this to that teacher and 
Just get them out of get them out of your hair for a minute. <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, that's a nice tip. It's called survival, isn't yeah. it, Emma? Yeah. Uh, as you were talking there, Emma, I'm just thinking, crikey, we should get should get you in to talk to, you know, university graduates across the country and just sort of say, teaching 101 with Emma. You know, like it's a it's a subject in its own right. I reckon. You know, so because the sort of stuff you're talking about is is really practical and really helpful advice. You know, so. Uh, and like like you mentioned before, one of the early questions, you don't always get that sort of practical, helpful advice, you know, when you're sort of just about to walk out the university gates. Now, you've been teaching for five years now. What do you enjoy most about teaching these days? Um, okay, what do I enjoy most about teaching? There are heaps of things that I enjoy. I especially enjoy when I actually see how happy the students are over something that you would not even think they would be. Those are nice, the nice surprises that something that you set up is, you know, really good for them. So I know one recently was the year nines, they tried a ration pack and I just thought, oh yeah, you know, they wouldn't be too excited about it. They loved it. They were like, oh, this is the best lesson ever. Trying all these old, you know, past their best before foods and (laughs) that soldiers get and they just thought, oh yeah. And they actually got to try it and they really, and they enjoyed it. And that was surprising, like just. I think I really like being able to just pull random things out of out of my hat now and having a mind with all the resources ready to go. And Oh, let's do this activity. We'll see how it goes. And um, I enjoy not being so hard on myself as well. I think really early on, you're so hard on yourself. You know, you haven't done something perfect and you just really, yeah, you stress about it or you beat yourself up, beat yourself up over it. But we have bad days because our students have bad days. So um, we're all humans and unless, you know, you, you can't do everything perfect yeah. as a teacher, as a student, as, a, you know, anyone. And the bad days don't really matter as much now, which is yeah. which is nice. So I enjoy that a lot more. Yeah. Um, and I think I enjoy having just more confidence in teaching in general, just yeah. being able to step in and go, yeah, I can do this now. Oh, there's a change. Oh, well, <laughs> you know, yeah. rather than having a str- – oh, no, something's changed. It hasn't worked to plan. Yeah. That's the life of teaching, I guess, as well. If you're really, st- if you're a stickler to plans and you're a stickler to having things, you know, perfectly happen, maybe teaching's not right for you because that does not happen no. in a classroom no. ever or no. just in a school system. Yes. Like as we know with COVID, yeah. I mean, that's just changed everything. And, right. and it's not yeah. just so, you know, COVID. It could be anything. It could be we have a rain day, you know, right. <laughs> there's floods. No one can come to school. Yes. And yeah. oh well, that amazing lesson you'd planned. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Uh, Thinking on your feet yeah. is actually a lot of fun. Yeah. It can be so much fun. And yeah, I think just give yourself a break. And I think that that's what I'm most excited about now is actually just, yeah, coming in and yeah. being able to teach and just yeah. going with the flow. Yeah. And definitely loving at the moment all the functions and things students yeah. are planning. Although they're stressful at the time, they're always a lot of fun. And yeah, yeah. yeah seeing their excitement. So there's lots of things. It's, so, it's too hard to pinpoint even one now. So. I get the sense that you're a lot more relaxed now. Mm. There's levels of anxiety around having the perfect lesson or the perfect day or whatever it is aren't there anymore for you, which is which is just released you. You you, you got a sense of release, you know. And I like that you've you mentioned something around that concept of you you got it almost like a toolkit of things you can dip into at any point of a lesson or a day or, or you know developing a unit of work. You've got all these little tools and techniques you can sort of just pull out of the kit bag now and apply um, even when you're thinking on your feet like you mentioned before which again gives you that sense of release but also that sense of confidence um, 
so that's really nice you're in a really nice part of your career now which is lovely so and i guess the last question is just sort of teeing off from that sort of ending off that that last that previous question is around what does the career path for emma langdon look like now because for teachers typically they can either continue in the classroom and because that's their love and that's their passion that's wonderful that's great or they can go down the academic path and become like a head of department or you know director of studies or director of teaching and learning or whatever it's called or you can go down the pastoral path around head of house sort of roles or you know coordinator of this and that so uh, or even w- working with other teachers to develop their skills. So there's a few different career paths out there, and you probably don't, you may not know now, but you might have a bit of a sense of what that may look for you now. So, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah as I was saying, I, I, I don't know, I haven't really thought about it too much. I think just because I finally got my feet, I'm finally settled as in, in the normal classroom teaching that, yeah, it's now going to be time to start thinking about the next step. And, yeah, I haven't really done that much and I always had previously, you know, an idea of what I wanted to do and where I wanted to go. And then, you know, I feel like I've done those things now. So it is time for the next step. I know I'm happy to teach in the classroom for a while. I haven't thought about head of department or things like that yet. I don't You really know if just sitting down and writing a whole heap of units and things is yeah. too fun, no. too fun for me at the no. moment. No. So, but yeah, I think, um, I don't know, maybe just going down the mentor path or something in the future might be might be nice place yeah. to start anyway and just seeing yeah where I go from there yeah. even you know just even if that be you know creating resources for people who are just starting out or something get, so they can yeah. have an idea of what's expected and what yeah. you know where things are and what to experience because I know that that can be really tough just navigating a yeah. school navigating rules yeah. navigating those things even just yeah, yeah. I, get, I don't know making some others lives easier now that I'm a little bit more comfortable might be yeah, where I head next, so, yeah. Look, that was 10 questions with Emma. Thank you very much, Emma. <laughs> was it that bad, was it? No, it was good. No, I, I found it really insightful. I learned things about, or it, it helped me reflect upon the teaching profession and particularly the life of an early career teacher and the struggles that many early career teachers experience that sometimes lead to them leaving the profession, unfortunately, but I think you've come out of it really well. I think you've got a really lovely um, mindset around teaching. I've seen your teacher, a bloody good teacher, quite frankly, Emma. So you've got a natural affinity for it but because you, you reflect deeply about it and you genuinely care about what you deliver in the classroom, about the kids that you teach and your colleagues as well, the impact that you have on kids and on and on, on peers as well. So, so thank you very much, Emma. Um, and thank you to the listeners out there for once again tuning into Primal Learning. See you next time. Bye-bye. I hope you've enjoyed this week's topic. Before we go, don't forget to click on the subscribe button for this podcast wherever you listen and give it a rating. You can find me on social media such as Facebook, LinkedIn and Instagram or contact me via email at dbarry1913 at gmail.com. You can even leave a suggestion for a future topic if you wish. Either way, I'd love to hear from you. I'll have another episode in two weeks. I'm Damien Barry. Thanks for listening to Primal Learning.